After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks. That's right, we're going to be talking about TV commercials. Good ones and bad ones, and ones where people say weird shit like this. I can only eat one Skittles at a time. My name is Andrew Walsh, and I'm here with Genevieve Haas. Hello, Aviv's. Hi, Andrew. How many Skittles can you eat at a time? You know what's weird? I huh. do think I tend to eat them mostly one at a time, mm-hmm. maybe occasionally two at a time, but... I don't think I've ever like stuffed a handful of Skittles in my mouth. Because you like to savor like the to single savor flavor, yeah, or maybe I... you pair up two to see how they pair yeah, together. Yeah, but you're, but I'm not like, um, it's not like popcorn. Yeah, this commercial that I pulled that from, I can only eat one Skittles at a time. I think it's funny that he says one Skittles, yeah. but it's I found a montage of some of the weirdest Skittles commercials, which, by the way, don't test yourself with that. Boy, yeah, that's a high, that's a high bar. Oh, there's some upsetting stuff in there, but. That one's kind of funny. It's like it's like kind of a, a normal-looking guy, except he's got a very, very tiny mouth, just this big, and he's in the doctor's office, and Skittle. the doctor is just pounding Skittles, like handfuls of Skittles, <laughs> and he's like, oh, that's really sad that you can only... I can only eat one Skittles at a time. Uh, we are here to talk about candy today. It's candy season. I like candy for dinner. How about you? <laughs> um, that's my best Nick Kroll. Um, so, of course, it is... October 25th here. Halloween's right around the corner. People are people maybe trick or treating already in some parts of the country. Not this part of the country because it is raining like a dog piss on a flat rock outside the window it right now. It is cold and rainy. It yeah. is very cold and rainy I'm here in curious. Seattle. This is our first Halloween in this house and it's not the most walkable neighborhood on planet Earth, but it's it is neighborhoody mm-hmm. and um I don't see a lot of... There are a few kids who live in this neighborhood. I'm really hoping that we get some trick-or-treaters, but I've been told to temper my expectations oh, really? by neighbors who've lived here longer. And you assume that that um, trick-or-treating will be happening on Halloween itself, Monday well, the 31st? I would assume so, yeah. So I need to go... I need to spend some time this weekend signaling to the world that we will be having candy here and stuff like that. And you're in charge of that because I was Obviously, already discussing I'm in of that. on the other podcast. I'm not super interested in that whole routine. Oh, what a shock. Yeah. I got video games to play. I yeah. got darts to throw. I mean, I mean, you know, fun doesn't have enough enemies. What, I, what if, I we, think what if uh... we gave away darts? <laughs> That's great. Yeah. If, you, if we want to get locked up really fast or like on some sort of parental watch list... Well, I did say if I want to prevent uh, uh, trick-or-treaters, or as I call them, Halloweeners, um, <laughs> from coming in the future, I could just hand out a bunch of apples and toothbrushes this year. Oh, that is- How, a, mad, how mad would you be, be at me for that? Yeah, that's diabolical. Um, but yeah, because it is the season to be talking about trick-or-treating and, and candy, you and I each put together- our top five lists of Halloween candy. Now, I don't know about yours, but mine doesn't reflect my favorite candy today, but the type of stuff that I would be excited about when I was a kid. Now, I didn't go trick-or-treating as a kid because I lived in the country, but we would have, like, you know, Halloween parties at school, uh-huh. and there's certain... That's why you're, like, anti-trick-or-treater. You're, like, just... You're paying it forward. You're your own sad lack of fun as a child. Okay. Can we just slow... Your role for a second here. 
<laughs> I'm not anti-trick-or-treater. You, I think you literally just said that. I said I'm not interested in participating one way or the other. I, anti There's implies that I don't want... There's not one way or the other. There's only participating or not participating. But I'm not a... You made it sound like I'm against people trick-or-treating. I'm not anti-trick-or-treating. You trick made or it treating. sound like you're against people trick-or-treating. I said trick I'm against me monitoring the door <laughs> for an entire day of my life. I'm people gonna, can trick-or-treat all they I want. Just leave me out of the it. The more I hear this, the more I want to do it. You know, my family was very into Halloween. Like, they would make a dummy, like a scary yeah. dummy that would sit out on the porch mm -hmm. and... Um, you know, obviously I need to make a jack-o'-lantern, which I haven't done yet. So yeah, I got some work to do this weekend, I think. You plan on making a jack-o'-lantern, huh? Well, you have to. You do? I mean, if you want trick-or-treaters. Oh, I see. It's not a law. <laughs> it is a law. I was like, man, I've been, I have not been following the news lately. So that's what happens when you put the Democrats in charge. <laughs> so, um, you gotta make a jack-o'-lantern. Um... So uh, let's see here. I'm sorry. I keep losing my tra my uh, train of thought here. So my top five candy list is kind of based on where I was as a kid. Yeah. Is that the same for you too? Yeah. What the way I thought about this was, it's weird. You know how like there's movie candy that's like you only get it at movies, like uh, mints. Those junior junior mints. mints yeah. Um, you know, uh, milk duds. I think of as a movie, a kind of movie candy. There are some candies, little chocolate, you know, Milky Ways and Snickers and things that sort of like. They kind of run, they kind of like, they're just like ubiquitous in a mm -hmm. candy situation. But they're, especially when we were kids, there were certain kinds of candies that you really only saw in a Halloween trick-or-treating mm -hmm. cont context. And so I really, ch and, and I tried to think about like, what of those candies was I most excited about and would I find and like look for fun commercials related to those? Like things that I didn't necessarily like seek out or have access to in a super regular way. Like... Another weird candy place was the pool. Like we mm. had a little snack bar at our at our pool that we mm -hmm. belonged to. And there were certain snacks at the pool, you know, uh, snack bar that was like not available anywhere else mm -hmm. in my life. Like lemon heads, mm -hmm. um, you know, but like I didn't. Spree. That seems like a good pool candy. We didn't get those at the pool for what it was not our pool. Thing. I loved Spree. See, Spree is not on my list uh -huh. because it wasn't something that I was really into, I think, in a Halloween context. But Spree kind of like I remember the first time I had Spree because I was at a, a summer camp and it was the first time I think I was extended like away from home for an extended period of time with just a bunch of other kids yeah. like for a week or something out on an island in Lake Erie I believe and um it was like okay you're, you're here you know you get the top bunk whatever and also there's the canteen or is it or cantina over there or whatever canteen, canteen. Uh, they sell candy and you're like wait a second I can just go over there and just buy candy and i remember this was a summertime thing i'm just being like oh i don't know what spree are but yeah <laughs> like i'll take those and so like for me spree represented like i loved spree and they represented sort of like freedom yeah sort of. yeah. yeah um yeah Not so, on my list. so candies that have a specific halloween affiliation for me are on my list um that that i kind of that to me like really occupy that particular mm -hmm mental space yeah um okay so we'll be going through our top five lists of that and the commercials that accompany them also um we will be checking in with what are we calling my new segment i keep bt dubs bt dubs of course that's where i digitize commercials that i found on these old vhs tapes from a garage sale and uh i posted one online that i wanted to talk about today anyway but then one of our astute viewers 
pointed out that I might have missed something in this ad that I posted. So I'll play that ad for you. And, um, well, I'll tell you what I missed. I missed a, I missed a lot of things. Uh, but first, let's talk about candy. All right, Viv, you start off the list. Where do you want to begin? Well, do you remember when we were kids? Um, or I guess you don't, since you weren't really much of a trick-or-treater. But, but I did have, I mean, candy was part of the Halloween thing sure. for the school parties. You're familiar with Halloween candy. Yeah. Um, a big, uh, a very popular choice for uh, trick-or-treat houses was those little boxes of nerds. Yeah. Now, the real box of nerds would have the two flavors, right? You'd oh, have the two God. sliders Such at the good... top. Yeah, a built-in toy a or built- conceit like that Any is so great. Any kind of great. activity, yeah. yes. All candy that has an activity is so smart. The ones that would typically you would find in a trick-or-treat bowl were more like a single flavor, and they were a tiny little cardboard box about like mm-hmm. one and a half inches by half an inch. Mm-hmm. Um, very cute. Very cute. I loved the the, the miniatureness of it. Mm-hmm. I also like nerds. Mm-hmm. You could house one of those boxes too. The just, little tiny ones. You yes. just pop it what open and take it like a shot. One nerd at a time. Oh, that's a really tiny. One, I can only eat one nerd. Yeah. <laughs> um, no nerds. You just house. You yeah. just open your gullet yeah. and pour it on yep. in. Yep. Uh, get them all in there. Swish them around. <laughs> so this is an ad that I. It says '80s here in my notes, but I realized looking at it uh, subsequently that it claims to be from 2012. Which this yeah, I'm is looking a, at this now. This is not a 1980s. Commercial, no, it's yeah. not. So I guess it's 90. It looks more 90s to me, honestly, in the way it's produced. I just want you to play it. The reason this is my number five. So we're going kind of mm. like we're counting down. The sound design on this is so awful. Like all the YouTube comments on it are like, that was awful. Thank you for sharing it. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't look like 90s to me. This looks like 2012. All right, well, I yeah, guess it's but... 2012, but it's a crazy sound design. And all you're seeing during this sound is uh, just sort of uh, animations of nerds like the candy, not the people. N- nerds, the candy, you know, like spouting up and then like oh. forming into shapes and things, yeah. you know, kind of animate, becoming animated. Um, so, you know, just think of it as like sort of chaotic animation while you're hearing this very chaotic sound. And we're kind of immersed in this nerdy world, sort of. Yeah, like a cartoon yeah. world where everything's nerds. Okay. Take the tab and Terry. Shake your box and Sherry. Double flakes, Terry. I mean, this. I like it. This sounds like a Tim and Eric awesome show. Great job. It does. Interstitial. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's definitely a modern, more modern commercial. Yeah, I really. I really like that 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 I both love freaking it and hate weird it. beat. Yeah, the almost like kind of circular beat. Now I noticed this is a Wonka commercial. Like they they begin the commercial by showing the famous or the, the kind of iconic purple top hat yeah. because like Wonka wasn't just a um, movie and book, obviously, but it also did. I guess sort of spawn a yeah. candy company and a lot of the stuff. I was looking for commercials that were retro, kind of of the day that I would have been eating these. And I think a lot of the things I wanted were kind of Wonka related and they just didn't have ads for them. I wanted to do um, 
Everla- uh, everlasting gobstoppers. I used to love those. Remember, yeah. they would change color in your mouth. Yeah, you would take them out, you look at them, which is so gross, and you put them back in with your little gross kid fingers. Yeah, couldn't find any commercials for those. Yeah, that was like candy designed to give kids like mm-hmm. tuberculosis or yeah. something. But um, yeah, well, that well, and I- the atomic fireballs, which you had to take out of your mouth and go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I I've ch- I probably told this story on this podcast, but um, I had a unorthodox bus driver when I was a like a grade schooler probably like fourth or fifth grade and uh, Mrs. Hunter was great but she like she just liked to party I think mm-hmm. um, and so she would let us like on special uh, once in a blue moon she'd let us like have a pizza party on the bus we'd like we'd pool our money she'd stop it little Caesars and we'd like get a bunch of pizza and a huge bag of um, fireballs atomic what fireballs. did you use this why do you have money well I mean kids have allowance you know I didn't know well, I don't know how to break this to you, but a lot of kids have allowances, and they're just taking their money to—they're taking their allowances to school. With if them. we know it's pizza yeah. party on the bus day, we each—you know—and it was such—it was so cheap back then. Yeah. Like, if each kid threw in like three or four bucks, you could get mm-hmm. a pizza from Little Caesars. Mm-hmm. Actually, you could get two. And is that a month worth of work? Three or four dollars. When do you think I grew up in like the well, I industrial I wasn't revolution? I was one of these privileged kids who got paid to do the housework. I just did the housework because the housework had to be done. You're always changing your story. Sometimes it's, oh, I was so spoiled. I had all the toys. And sometimes it's like, oh, actually, I was the little match boy. I never saw a nickel until I was 45. There's actually a little truth in both of those. It is true. I was super privileged in the fact that my parents did, like, on Christmas or whatever, they lavished us with toys and gifts and stuff. But the payoff was I didn't get a, a, an allowance. But I wasn't that. I, I'm I'm playing up my martyrdom well, on that. unlike you, I had seen a an American dollar by the time I mm-hmm. was you know, 12 or whatever. Um, and so we would stop and get, she'd stop and we would go in, get at the, get the pizza. It felt very fun and kind of adult and a little transgressive. And then we would buy a bag of atomic fireballs and then we would have contests Ugh. who could hold the most in yep. their mouth for the oh, longest time. Oh, the most, time. not just the longest time. The most and the long. You had to stuff your mouth. Oh. The red drool just pouring oh, out. terrible. Pouring oh, gross. out. Gross. Anyway, it was super fun. That's funny. I remember people like doing that competition, like how long can you keep in your mouth? Imagine it was like 12. Wow. My my friends just couldn't even handle one. They weren't my (laughs) friends. They were my peers. Um, Okay, so I guess I'll go with my pick now. My my next pick is, or my I guess my number five pick is um, kind of the most basic, I would say, of these things. I did love Three Musketeers. The basic bitch of candy ads. I mean, I'm with you. Most of these are not like kind of chocolate-based little mini bars or whatever, but I did want to throw three Musketeers in there, in there because I was like, I did not eat much candy as a kid. I didn't grow up in any kind of like, I, I had zero of the kinds of freedom that you talk about there. Like I grew up in the country, right. like we weren't making stops at convenience stores or whatever. You didn't even know that there was such a thing as U.S. currency. I Well, I mean, I understood it as a concept, um, but- uh, he, Andrew grew up in the village. The, uh, he grew up in the. I M. haven't Night watched the end yet. Movie. Don't tell me <laughs> the how that goes. You get old at the end. <laughs> um, what I was going to say was kind of similar to my spree story. I didn't. We didn't eat a lot of candy. Again, I ate a lot of junk. I wasn't like my parents weren't weren't withholding everything from me, but we just weren't a candy family in that way. And again, I didn't. I wasn't able to just go go to a Seven Eleven with my friends to buy candy. So I remember one time being with my friend Tony. And his dad and his it was one of those. This is one of those weird isolated memories of my childhood. I might have told you about it before, Genevieve. But it was like I remember getting like a call from Tony and his dad or something saying, hey, 
you know, Mr. Corey, that was his name, um, his buddy, like, manages some fancy hotel. Maybe it was in downtown Cleveland or something like that. We're going to visit. Andy, do you want to come? I'm like, yeah, okay. And they're like, bring trunks because there's, like, this an indoor-outdoor pool, right? So it's kind of like – it was just like this weird – like ran, I feel like it was like a Friday night or something. Me and Tony and Tony's dad go to this hotel. We have some sort of like kind of fancy meal. It seemed fancy at the time. And they gave us these tiny little bottles of Heinz ketchup that uh-huh. I ended up saving mine for years and years and years until it turned brown. I thought it was so cute. It was like, you know, again, the size of one of those um, uh, uh, boxes of, of nerds you were talking about before. We love, we, this is one thing that really binds Andrew <laughs> yeah. and me together is that we both love mini things. And large things. We just love things out of scale. We Love things out of scale, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, I, and I remember it, it was just like this one golden night where it's kind of like we were <laughs> we were playing in the um, we were playing in the pool again. We could swim inside or duck under and swim. Uh, even uh, at yeah. even at forty four, I'm like that sounds awesome. <laughs> and then at some point we were. We got candy. And again, I think there might have been a little commissary or something. And I don't know if they picked it out for us or how I ended up with a full-size silver Three Musketeers. And I think that was the first time like I just had a candy bar. Not like a little mini at some point, but just like, yeah. hey, Andrew... Here's a candy bar for you. Now, was there or wasn't there a golden ticket inside? There it? was no golden ticket inside, but my God, I didn't need it because there was nougat inside. And I <laughs> love Three Musketeers from de- that day forward. And again, I think it was associated with that event, but I also, it's still my, I never eat candy bars to this day, but like if I were to buy one, I would probably get a Three Musketeers because like I, you add the caramel to that and then you got like a, a Milky Way, basically. Milky Way, which I don't want that. And then you had peanuts then you really ruin it with a snickers just nougat chocolate why get more complicated than that i don't understand it cancel the rest but whatever so i wanted to share with you a three musketeers commercial or two or three um because i had forgotten about these until i started um poking around the internet today for a while at least three years there was this crew of these three late 80s early 90s brosifs <laughs> <laughs> just total douchebags, right? Uh-huh. Like one you can sort of tell is the alpha. One is like kind of the nerdy guy who wears like the blazer with a shirt with no tie, but is buttoned to the top. And he's got like a little hat, like kind of the ducky look sort of okay. somewhere between ducky and Egon look or something with like little wire glasses. Okay. Um, and then I don't know what the other guy's deal is, but they're just like, they're broing around town. Right. Uh-huh. And um, here, this first one is from 1988. One thing that I think is fascinating about all of these commercials from the same campaign is. And they are, they are three Guys young who men. are musketeers, in other words, so. they're just like they're just like three young men who go catting about town and but, doing. But there's things. three of them. The, yeah, exactly. A, yeah, but it's not like the later commercials where they're actually musketeers, right? These are just sure. three like kind of '90s era dudes. Yeah, and in this say, one, are these '90s or '80s? This one is '88 because they it's all look like the, extras from um, Pretty in Pink. Yeah, okay, you're right, but then it does sort of carry over into the '90s later too. You'll see, but I'm pretty sure it's the same three guys. This one from 1988. All of these commercials feel like they make sense, but they sort of don't. Like, (laughs) all three of them are that way. Right. And in this one, these three bros are coming to a party, and it looks like, am I wrong about this? Are they coming to the party through a window? Are they hopping through a window? Like, we see the people are partying here, and their buddy is 
like, oh, he's kind of hanging out on the windowsill. Yeah, I don't I think guess. that they're crashing the party. Okay. I think they're just kind of like hanging back in the cut here. But now they, they're Watch, ready to watching mingle. Watching the babes. Yeah. Getting like planning their moves. It, that's exactly it. And the dialogue will explain it, or at least it's supposed to explain it. I find it <laughs> very confusing because they're going to have three rules here okay. for like how to like cruise this party. Sure. Okay. All right, remember, stick to the game plan. Right. Point one, make them come to you. Point two, never look hungry. Now, I don't know if you could hear it, but they, they said, okay, always stick to the game plan. Right. So implied here is that they're they're cruising for ladies, right? Right. And the first point is... Uh, let him come to you. Let him come to you. Right. And the second one is never let him see you hungry. Which, and that's by the excuse. way, is that where they got that terrible line for season two of True Detective? Yeah, I believe so. Never do anything <laughs> out of hunger. hunger. Even eat. Uh, <laughs> I believe that is the rest of the line. Um, God, I hate him. Um, what's his name? Um, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Um, and anyway, and then so those are the first two rules, and then then here comes the third one. Game plan, right? Point one, they come to you. Point two, never look hungry. Let's not forget point three. What's that? No one points one and two aren't working. It's hard to keep them so the guy says point three is no when points one or two aren't working. And so I guess he's abandoning his two buds and he's going to go into the dance floor and to just, mingle. And just be like a, a more a emotionally wolf. available person than his two buddies. Yeah. And then his two buddies look at each other and like, oh, yeah, I guess we should split up. And they walk in opposite directions. Yeah, like we shouldn't have like we shouldn't be trying to like work game on this whole situation. Like you see what I mean? Like the one guy is kind of easy to describe because he's like the tall kind of nerdy yeah. but cool guy. And with he has his that pork pie hat. Pork pie hat glasses button-up shirt yeah. the other guy I has guess this like is sort of a parker lewis vibe yeah and then the other guy kind of has he's he looks a little bit more muscly he's got like an oxford shirt that kind of has the this the short sleeves rolled up to show off his gun yeah. so and then the other guy is like mr suave mr ladies man he's the one who breaks off a piece of the three musketeers throws it up in the air and catches he's it our in his protagonist mouth. he's the one we root for although i'm gonna have to say um rolled up sleeves can get it Oh really? Yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously, pork pie can go fuck himself. I didn't see. I wanted to be the pork pie guy Ugh. growing up. Yeah, Gross. I know. I know that's rough. Okay, hard pass. So that's 1988. Guess what, Veeves? Few years later, don't worry about it. The gang is still <gasps> together. The gang's all back. Now, this is what I find interesting too about these commercials. That is only interesting to me, but. These commercials are slated, and I, I don't mean that these were added in the modern age while being digitized. All of these commercials begin with a font that says, or text, that says Three Musketeers and then the year. As if we're watching a movie or something like this one you here. You think that was? You think that's uh, intrinsic to the original ad? Yes, I do. Look, look at the font. Like this is that old school '90s TV font, and every single one of them have it. These are uploaded by. Th I have three commercials here uploaded on three different accounts. This is not. Yeah, that's what I mean. This right, is okay. not edited in later. This is definitely what a weird choice. Yes, so there be so Three Musketeers is so into their own shit here that they're sort <laughs> of like <laughs> that they're oh, like oh this is, posterity's gonna want to see this and then we kind of. Like, and then who am know, I to say they were wrong? I mean, we're doing it. Because here we are. So this is, again, that one like didn't make a lot of sense to me. Here the three bros are. I think they're the same ones. They're still styled. They're like styled. You have the hat guy in the back, 
cool guy driving the car, I guess tough guy in a letterman jacket kind of here in the passenger seat. And they're driving some cool like 1960s era boat of a um, convertible, the type of thing you would drive to the love yeah, some sort shack. of like Ford Fairlane or yeah. And because, of course, in the 90s, like three teenage boys always had access to a classic car like this right so right. they could of course tool about town and be sarcastic and like they have a bunch of three musketeers like in the uh in the sun visor whatever and but i do think we should start keeping candy in the visor though just <laughs> yes. as a side note so when the cops pull us over and i pull it down to like grab the um grab the re- license and registration <laughs> i can accidentally flash a three musketeers like, and see oh, if we get officer, off oh officer did you drop this uh- <laughs> and then he'll say Okay, a lot's going on here. First of all, why do you keep your registration in your visor? That's like a 40-year-old trope. Secondly, are you honestly trying to bribe me with a candy bar? Thirdly, that candy bar has melted several times, I can tell. <laughs> I can it's tell dripping it's all over melted your Melted and reformed a few times. <laughs> so gross. Um, anyway, so in, in this one from 1991, they're driving around in their big convertible, their big classic car, and one of them notices that um, the gas tank has been on empty for a while, but the cool guy who's driving, unflappable. So they're still just driving around eating three musketeers. There is also the, one. The needle is pegged like yeah. below empty, by the, the way. There's absolutely no way this car is driving around. For those who are tracking where the three musketeers are in this car, one was also in the glove box, which they opened using the Fonzie move, sure. by the way, even though this car is, you know. It's it's not a janky car at all. It's a perfectly mint classic right. car that these boneheads are driving around. And so one of them's like, hey, man, I thought E meant empty. We're driving around on empty. And as you'd guess, we're going to run out of gas. But cool guy doesn't care. Just watch this. Now we're stuck. I don't know. That depends on how you look at it. Okay, so they're now stuck. They're out of gas. You can tell because the music ended as well. Cool guy who, again, pops a uh, little piece of the candy bar up in the air and catches it in his mouth because that's his move, is talking Well, that's how he asserts dominance over these two flunkies. Yeah, he's talking to, like, the guy in the Letterman jacket. Letterman jacket's like, well, now we're stuck. Cool guy's like, no, we're not. Why are they not stuck? Because, do you know why? I'm sure it's because... uh, Pork pie and cool and and Letterman are pushing the car because they're going to have to push the car. And this, I kind of remember this tagline of the commercial. the The cool guy says, "When you're with me, you're never out of gas." I'm just like, "How does that work?" I don't know. That depends on how you look at it. And they're pushing it up a hill too. Never out of gas when I drive. Also, they're barely pushing it. I don't understand how this sells me a candy bar. Honestly, I don't either. Unless I mean, maybe it's I'm not a man. You know, like. I guess it was like, is it trying to speak to kind of like the uh, their imagined uh, the spread they imagine on like the the white guys who buy candy bars in Mm -hmm. the 90s? I'm going to play one more for you. I'm not going to belabor this because we're only on our first picks each here. But this is you don't need the setup for this one. It's all the same shit, same guy, same vibe. Only now they're rolling up to a library and they're going to spend time in the library. I don't think this has the stereotypical like librarian shushing them like an older woman. I don't think so. But they do get shushed at one point. And this is what drives me nuts about it. 
They're in the library. There's a vending machine. One of them puts some money in the vending machine, gets the three musketeers, and then like the teenage girl who's studying turns around and shushes them angrily. It's like, well, he didn't put the he, goddamn machine in yeah, there? Yeah, the machine is there. That's what machines sound like when you put money in them. Maybe if you if they don't want to hear it, don't put it in the library. Yeah. Don't blame pork pie. Yeah, philosophy is nothing wrong with studying. I just gotta know how to pick the subject. Oh, he's reading a hot rod book. I like that they are consistently interested in old hot rods. Mm-hmm. The library is officially closed. Now that he should be shushed yes, for. Yes, exactly. Then they all leave the library, hop in their classic car again. And they say they're open for business as they take the, uh, the is it called a rag top when it's a soft top like that that retracts back into the car? I, yeah, is, is, a, is any convertible, I assume any convertible is a rag top. No, because there are hard top convertibles where you actually, actually take it oh, off okay. in your garage and remove it, I believe. Okay, sorry to take so long on that. I, I kind right. of have a, do, do any of those ring a bell to you? I just sort of, as I was watching them, had this vague memory of. I think I remember seeing those uh, brosifs at some point, yeah. Anyway, okay. Uh, what's number four on your list as we count down? Okay, this is for Starburst. And I mean, mm. I'm thinking of a specific mm. Starburst that you would get at Halloween, mm. which is one thing about it that has always bothered me and continues to bother me when I see it in a candy bowl or something is how much waste there is with the two-pack of Starburst. Now, you get the tube of Starburst, mm-hmm. and that has a lot of waste, too, because each Starburst is individually wrapped. Yeah. But when you get the two-pack, it's in a little plastic... Um, you know, it's almost a cellophane kind of, right? No, yeah, I mean, it's it's not cellophane because it's o- opaque, but it's just like a yeah. thin plastic thing, like bag. Okay. And then you open that little plastic bag, and really all you would need to have in there is two candies. And But instead, they're two candies next to each other, and they're individually wrapped. Because a big part, again, like kind of the, the, the way we like the packaging on the nerds or whatever, I think it's part of the I experience. I guess so, but I really hate all the unwrapping that goes with Starburst, but I do like a Starburst. Was it really two or three packs? They weren't three packs? The ones I'm thinking of were two. Okay. Because um, you would want to get a good flavor combo. Okay, gotcha. So I don't. So I was thinking like, oh, is there an ad for specifically that, you know, version of the candy? And I don't know if that's what this is, but this takes place at a. Uh, this was from the eighties. You have a a skating rink, and in mm. the skating rink, somehow you can. It's a skate up concession stand. Oh God, this is perfect. So I you love have it these. Already. So there are these two girls, and they're both dressed in these like sort of. Uh, matching ensembles, not identical, but like coordinated ensembles. Let's say it's very eighties, and and like, and they're very much the starburst colors, right? The pink, the mm-hmm. orange, the yellow, mm-hmm. the sort of magenta, and uh, they're skating around together. They're the commercial. I think wants you to believe that they're like really great, good at skating. But one of them does like that thing where she gets down on one like bends down and sticks one leg out yeah, in front and the of other her. one just sort of like skates like sideways which I, I mean can't do that. I'm not great at skating so I don't want to cast aspersions but it's not like it's not amazing skate work but anyway they're skating wow. the guy who's working the concession stand is like you know a typical sort of he looks like um, a young Judge Reinhold so picture oh, that oh I am he's, he's got the paper hat yeah um, actually I think I'm thinking of Judge Reinhold in Fast times. Fast times. Yeah, yeah. sure. Because he so, works at two different burger places. He loses his job at one, yeah. I believe. Yeah. So picture that. And I think that's what they're yeah. going for with this guy. Sure. 
he's watching these girls skate around, and he's definitely like, you know. Oh, the skating is good enough for this fella, I take yeah, he's, it. Yeah, he's happy that the counter comes all the way up to his waist, nice. I guess is what I would say. Oh. And then they then, Whoa, and then they that's roll. That's filthy, Genevieve. <sighs> Please, we're all adults here, except for the children, obviously, who are listening. Um, and the children in this commercial. There's no children in this I commercial. I thought they were like high schoolers. Well, I, I don't think the actors are high schoolers. Okay. Anyway, they roll up to the skate to the concession bar, and then they give him the cutie eye, and he's like, "Oh, wah wah wee wah." <laughs> so you can see he's like super horny for these girls. Now they're spinning around. They're so happy. They love skating. Bite into a starburst and hold on to your taste buds. It's the wildest orange. Strawberry. Lemon! Lemon! Wildest cherry taste! Starburst! It's a burst of refreshing fruit flavor! Naturally and artificially flavored. That is great. <laughs> so that 80s, is right? Strong Judge Reinhold vibes off that kid. Um, they also do something in this that I had forgotten about, which is while they're showing the flavors, they show like these tunnels of yes, re- like tunnels of, of real fruit, fruit like <laughs> yes. oranges that are like cut in half or whatever, and then but they're like fruit tunnels that they're then pouring like water down yeah. to give you this sense of like refreshing fruit flavor. Yes, the juiciest. I forgot about that. What is your flavor? Huh. Let's um, go back to that whole deserted island. Yeah, trip. I'm going to go um, orange or pink. Yeah. Orange or pink. That's it. I mean, I like Me them too. all. Lemon's the worst. Yeah, you know, I usually like lemon things, but that lemon tastes soapy to me. It's a little soapy. It's a little yeah. soapy. Um, like you, okay, we got, got the Three Musketeers out of the way. That's more of your standard, like, kind of chocolate bar thing. But um, I love Three Musketeers. When We were just at the vet, and they had a candy bowl. Oh. And I took a little mini Three Musketeers. Oh, out. really? Yeah. Did you bring it home for me? No, I ate it in the car. Oh. Pop up gets a you, treat. You were right by the candy bowl, my dude. I didn't see it. Um... I didn't want to get. I was at a party this weekend. I didn't want to get hollered at. And they had a big candy bowl. It was a Halloween costume party, and there was a big candy bowl that the host had put mm-hmm. out. And um, the did you just post up? No, this is the funniest thing. The person I went with, a good friend, uh, we were. She was. She came outside, and she was like, "I got a bunch of hundred grands out of the candy bowl. It was like a big mix of candies, right? Like, and mostly chocolate bars. What's like in a hundred grand? Uh, I think. It's, like a, a it's a it's a it's a melange. Yeah. No, it's like there's a caramel. I think there's a caramel element to yeah. it and some nuts. Maybe okay. I'm not sure exactly. It's not one of my preferred. But she was like, "Yeah, I really like it." And she like hoarded a couple from the bowl. Really. And then every and this was what was did make, you get in trouble? This is what made me laugh so much. Everyone else out on the porch was like, "Oh, I love hundred grand." And then one of the guys who was there was like, "I'm gonna go in and get and, and make sure I get one out of, out of the bowl." <laughs> I go in a couple minutes later. He's still like elbow deep in the candy bowl, can't trying to find, fu- can't find him. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. And I was um, a little tuned up at that point, and I was like, I'm helping this dude. So we're now we're both elbow deep in the candy bowl, just like rifling through it. Like, and we and I think my but friend, our unnamed friend, our unnamed who I friend, will she not really, she bocard, she bocard Oh my them. god. Yeah. Um, by the and way, I, so I told this guy, I'm like, I'm next year, I'm going to buy a bunch of hundred grands in like September and then I'm going to sell them for a premium in October. Why do people like them so much? It was a Ferrera candy. I can't, kept coming across that uh, candy um, manufacturer in some of my research today. Let's see here. Uh, milk sugar. Um, well, don't just give me ingredients. I want to know, like, what is the experience? It looks lumpy on the outside. Is it doesn't it rice? look very. 
that like puffed rice or I something? I do. Crisped rice. Yeah, I do. Caramel oh, and chocolate. I've never had that, but I like a crisped rice situation. I almost put uh, Nestle Crunch on mm, my list. Yeah. Um, but I did not. Cause I, this is like if you took a Nestle Crunch bar and stuffed it full of caramel. Yeah, I don't need the caramel. It just sticks in your teeth. Okay. Um, so I'm going back to these Do you like things. a Rolo? When I was a Rolo kid, Tony Brown, my Tony. mom would keep <laughs> Rolos in her purse. And so sometimes we get a Rolo as a treat. So that was a nice feeling. Um, I like but the But you like a Rolo because it makes you feel like a good boy. Exactly. <laughs> but I wouldn't seek out Rolos. No, I wouldn't. I'd be more likely to seek out a Nestle Crunch. Anyway, so back to the novelty aspect of these things. Yeah. I loved getting Bazooka Joes mm-hmm. in my little plastic The worst pumpkin. possible thing to put in your actual body, like in terms of the experience, I think. How so? You mean like we shouldn't eat gum? Well, A, we shouldn't eat gum. Don't swallow the gum. Don't swallow the gum. I just mean, I meant like the- Just ex- quality-wise, it's not quality, that great. It's like, it's a tiny pink rock. It was. It was like a pink rock that had was like supposedly divided in like three little sections so you could- chunk one Allegedly, off if you wanted to yeah. but they had comics inside right. that's, that's and i can still and the, the, that's the killer app the waxy um the the waxy wrapper and then you'd open it up and then inside would be that little waxy piece of paper with a yeah. comic are a little, you kidding me yeah i mean i can't believe i didn't save any of those from my youth i have zero i'm sure Joe for a million dollars you can get one on ebay i'm sure for less than that you yeah, can no, get I'm, one on ebay i'm kidding i'm sure you're um very achievable the only we're, bazooka- pretty, we're pretty financially solvent. I think you can get some if you want them. <laughs> the only Bazooka Joe commercials I could find that are not from like the modern era when they apparently kind of rebooted the brand or something um, was this commercial that is uh, this again has it as an 80s commercial on YouTube. I'm going to argue that is probably a little bit 90s or right on that cusp there. This is like that era of like of a montage of things like just kind of intense close-ups on people's yes. faces on astronauts and on and God, l- they love the astronauts l- literally Gorbachev in this one we see him in a press conference <laughs> I think tell me if I'm wrong about this we see Gorbachev and it's like intercut with like it's just like this is one of those real ADHD yeah. era TV commercials where it's like, like MTV here's sort a Charlie of. here's a flash of a Charlie Chaplin movie yes and we see kids here's, here's Albert Einstein they're all excited then there's like all this like b-roll of monkeys yeah. laughing and for some reason and then like some some uh, highway trooper with mirror glasses who's leaning into the camera and talking then is that not Gorbachev right there with the thing on his forehead sure is and uh, and I think they they superimpose a bubble on him or somebody blows a bubble on yeah, him yeah all of these famous old or stock images are like have a they blow a bubble they they appear to blow a bubble yeah now the um it actually does nothing even happen with gorbachev do they just show gorbachev for the they're just like glasnost baby yeah they just show it <laughs> oh i think maybe when we hear the audio they have him lip syncing some other words that he's not saying like probably bazooka is good or something <laughs> um but then because this is a montage of all different people of, in different walks of life Tell me if you can spot some of the very subtle, problematic stereotypes that okay. we're about to see. Bazooka is the most fun bubblegum you ever bubbled. <laughs> bazooka. Bazooka fight. That great bazooka chase. <laughs> Those crazy bazooka Joe and his gang comics. Sandy <laughs> Fuckles. <laughs> Yeah, Uh-oh. sumo wrestler. There's there. a sumo wrestler, and then there's some sort of like 
fakeo Japanese sounding uh, noises. I'm assuming that are it's being fake made. language. I, I I don't know for sure. I don't know for sure, but way, my not... instincts tell me it's not a respectful portray- portrayal of uh, the sumo culture. We're just getting started. <laughs> Uh oh. Bazooka. Yeah. Try then they, bazooka soft. That last voice you hear heard saying bazooka is a guy uh, yeah. evidently portraying a Native American. With the Hiawaka thing in the yes, background. Not and just great. Looking, turning to Cameron saying bazooka. Not great Not on great. that one. Um, here's another one from the same era, though, that I thought was really interesting. You and I were describing the kind of hard bazooka Joe gum, you know, the ones that came in the little packs with the comic books, but they also would sell them in like. They called a Bazooka Joe like soft gum. This is around 1990, according to the internet here. And they came in like, like multi packs, more like Bubblicious would yeah. come, little squares. And apparently they were still wrapped in comics. Each one was wrapped in a comic, but it was like you could carry this around because now they're specifically trying to compete with all those other brands. How do I know? Because they mention all of the other brands <laughs> in this commercial. They tell you to tape it on your VCR. As these, um, as these breakfast. Fist Club styled teens tell you in rhyme why Bazooka Joe Soft is the way to go. If you found Bubble Yum's taste, oh hum, you gotta go. You gotta go. Gotta go, gotta go, Bazooka. If you're not a lover of Hubba Bubba, you gotta go, gotta go. Gotta go, gotta go, Bazooka. Bubblicious wasn't so delicious. Gotta go, gotta go. They name all their competition, but it sort of sounds like he's saying, if Bubblicious wasn't so delicious, yeah. maybe you'd go to Bazooka but Joe. It but it is, is obviously delicious. so delicious. <laughs> right? Isn't that a weird... It's funny. I never thought... I mean, they named all those gums. I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. Bubblicious, Hubba Bubba, and what was the first one? Bubble Yum. Yeah. And those were like big gum brands back in the day. And Bazooka Joe must have just absolutely had their lunch eaten by these like very soft, extremely flavorful gums because yeah. those gums didn't keep their flavor for very long. They were so sugary. Mm-hmm. Um, sugared gum, by the way, was like, you know how every family has like weird no fly zones? Yeah. Sugar gum was like a no fly zone mm-hmm. for my family. My parents didn't let airplanes fly above the house. <laughs> that was their um, no fly but, zone. But you know, everybody, you know, once in a while gets a treat or whatever. And I definitely had tried Bubble Yum or Hubba Bubba or whatever. And they were so flavorful compared to like a traditional gum. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they became like a piece of plastic in your mouth. Bazooka Joe must have been like, oh, shit. Like, we never even considered that gum could be something that is pleasurable. <laughs> so that, yeah, I definitely think that like they um, then created this bubble this bazooka this joe soft, soft. yeah I, one thing i will say that they really undersold and it's unfortunate they put all the branding in like trying to catch up with their with their competition when they showed for just a second the individually wrapped pieces mm-hmm. of soft gum in the tube and they all had the cartoons wrapped yeah. around them that is a it looked like pop art yeah I mean, it, was, it was that's gorgeous. the best part of the commercial right? they yeah. should have leaned so much harder into like the style of it mm-hmm. but it was just a different time 
Do you remember one of those gum brands, not Bazooka Joe, but one of those other ones, their killer app, I think in the very late 80s, they started putting two flavors into one. Uh, can you sort yes. of picture it? Yes, like I the absolutely outer, can. And then, the, yeah. and then they had the other ones, which I don't think, there was Gushers, which was a candy. More but there on was that later. a gum that had there a, was a, gum a, that had a, a had liquid had a liquid in the inside, right? Yeah, they were yeah. playing around with all kinds of things back then. It was a great time. A lot time. of gum innovation in those yeah, days. Yeah, certainly. A lot of gum innovation. What's up now next all the for gum you? is just like, it's in a blister pack and it hurts your mouth. Yeah. It's like- You call it hurty gum. This gum will make you be able to kiss someone for 18 hours. Yeah, what's wrong with that? <sighs> so much kissing. Um, <laughs> so much kissing. Uh, also, I mean, remember how intense those commercials for modern God, gum were yes. in like the early the, 2000s? Yeah, the gum like, was like, eating, taking, chewing this gum is like going into the... Uh, Dr. X's big round yeah, room and right, yeah. falling into a pile of ball bearings. Exactly. And being We're gonna, stabbed with needles. It's going to be like this gum. That's how good it is. This gum strips you naked <laughs> and throws you into a this gum futuristic like, deep freeze <laughs> while you spin out of control and icicles grow on your nipples. This gum is like being, a, being captured by Ramses and flayed alive. <laughs> that's how good this gum is. <laughs> anyway, I assume you don't have any gum on your because no, uh, I almost was thinking bubble tape too I almost did bubble tape yeah uh, okay. but I don't remember it so gu bubble tape would be quite a an outlay exactly. I think for a, a trick-or-treat exactly um, okay what do you have next on your list all right so one thing that uh, I looked forward to at Halloween and, and I, I when I thought about this this is what I this is how I did my math on this my I have siblings I'm the oldest of three as you know um, and so my siblings and I would go trick-or-treating. And then we would do like candy trade, right? Like little wheeling and dealing mm, mm. so that you could hopefully get some things you like, get rid of some things that you don't like as much. You know, people... Or if you're Genevieve, you just bully your brother and sister well, out of there's the stuff an art, they there want. There is the art of the deal. I mean, mm. I'm not going to lie. Oh, God. So, but you know, you, ideally everybody wins because you get things you like, then you get rid of things that somebody else likes more. Um and I was thinking about that experience of like pouring all the candy out and doing the trades. And something that I always liked in in the candy trades were they would have the little mini boxes of sugar babies. They were about the same size as the nerd boxes. So, you know, they were probably like or or a junior mint box. And we'll get to that later. But, you know, it's like a, a one inch by one inch little cardboard box. It probably has three sugar babies in it. What's a sugar baby? So a sugar baby was um, a kind of like a sticky caramel um and i and and it was like very very sugary on the outside it was caramel it wasn't like no, wrapped I, in chocolate i think sugar babies had like some kind of chocolate coating the sugar daddy was a thing on a stick oh right this has come up before yeah we, and we're gonna yes. and I, and we're gonna revisit okay. one of the ones we've talked right, about before. right 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 but this sugar baby, so sugar babies and sugar daddies were were obvious were often advertised together, sort of like a pair. And the the sugar daddy is a is a sticky a sticky thing on a stick, right? And the sugar babies were, I think they had like a some kind of coating, a candy coating, and mm -hmm. then they were kind of like this very soft, very sugary caramel in the middle. Okay. Um, and they again, they were kind of a Halloween thing where like I didn't normally run across them in day to day candy life. They also sort of seem like a good movie theater kind of. Yes, thing. they're another they're they're another good movie theater candy. But for whatever reason, like the little boxes of them that would get handed out at Halloween mm -hmm. were like a special treat. Um, so I found this Sugar Babies Sugar Daddies commercial um, that uh, I just I think it it has like um, what's you know how you always say like like doo wop has like 
people talking real high, people talking real low. It's Give like me that candy. It's like that energy with like the sugar babies is real high and the sugar daddies is real low. Sugar baby, one and that's just a lot of kids like playing around having candy. But seeing somebody with a sugar daddy this little girl with a big thing in his caramel yep. like that doesn't look good to me at all anyway like sugar daddy was chew a on it, vastly like, inferior product to sugar baby it's like a caramel apple without the apple essentially Precisely. which makes it seem already like you're gonna be gnawing on yeah. it and pro- probably salivating too much well this little girl it's gonna and i mean think about them like you've been chewing on a piece of caramel ugh, on a stick on a stick for half an hour like hey you want a bite no oh God, want to finish my milk? No. Um, but she just takes a big lick of it. Like, you see this little girl, and she's just, like, licking up the side yeah. of a sugar daddy. I'm like, ooh. It is an interesting consistency because it is – I think a caramel apple outside is, like, a good comparison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted to to uh, revisit a classic that we talked about, I don't know, years ago now at this point probably that is just for Sugar Daddy. Okay. We did a show about dads, like commercials that feature dads. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is with ba- former Cincinnati Red Johnny Bench. Yeah, yeah, I remember talking about this, yep. And I just want you to play it because the the copy in this ad is so hilarious. Because he meets his dad outside. They're outside of a yes. house and they want to play catch or something. It's, he's like talking that, about right? how his dad did so much for him, taught him, you know, played catch with him as a boy. It's, it's like a heartwarming message, right? Like my dad was there mm-hmm. for me. I became a major leaguer. Now I'm here for him. But it's like this commercial just like, wildly did not get how the phrase daddy and sugar daddy uh, would be what what the connotation of that phrase would be. And so you have these two, a middle-aged man and his older dad just standing outside and like trying to have this like heartwarming conversation about those, you know, the golden yesteryear. And they just keep talking about daddies. Think about all the things your dad's done for you. I remember the hours of pitching and catching practice out in the backyard. I don't think I'd be a baseball Hall of Famer without it. The games he'd cheer me on, even when I went 0 for 4, dropped an easy pop-up. And I remember him bringing me home my favorite candy, Sugar Daddy. Well, this Father's Day, I'm going to return the favor. Here, Dad, you catch. All that practice paid off. For your daddy's day. Sugar daddy. <laughs> <laughs> daddy's says, day. He says, dad, catch, and he tosses him the uh, yeah. sugar daddy. For I your daddy's day. That's got to be his real dad, too. Oh, I also sure. see that there's a, uh, now YouTube wants me to watch a video called Johnny Bench Angry with Pete Rose. I'm going to oh. watch that later. Yeah, put that in the queue. All right. So this is now back to you. Back to me. Oh, I'm glad you brought up bonkers. Well, here's the deal. Genevieve. What's the deal with bonkers? Three, I don't even know. Three of my picks that I think of as like I would really want in my like 1980s Halloween orange plastic bucket. Sure. There are no commercials for them. I've got one of those that I'm going to tag on at the end. I'll just mention. And so for each of these, actually, I think you might have to bring it up sooner because I think this is it. I've just put a stand in for various reasons in for the ones that I want to talk about. But I I had to have a commercial with it. So the next thing that would have been on my list would have been Smarties. Now, Now, let's disambiguate. Yes. So we talked about this a little bit before the show because I was calling them sweet tarts, but I was wrong about that. We called them, I think we misidentified them growing up, but the Smarties were the the small little spherical package. Again, 
it's Halloween. Nope. You want you want cylindrical or cylindrical? What did I say? Spherical. Oh, that would be cool. Um, but no, a little cylinder with maybe like ten little tiny, like almost the size of a breath mint, almost the size yes. of a uh, like yeah, like a breath mint. Andrew, um, I went down to Smarties rabbit hole today. I've got so much Smarties information filling, but up no my commercials, head right? right? Now, but I no could not find any commercials. I mean, that to me was almost number. One, I wanted those so badly. I coveted those too. I loved those Smarties. Um, and the thing about Smarties is, and and you'll remember this as if you're our age, they they were they were they were probably like fifteen or so of them. They were tiny little tablets, maybe the size of um, yeah, like a tiny little breath mint, but they were sweet, like an and, Altoid breath mint sort of yeah, that size, only rolled up, in only a rolled cylinder. up, and they were sweet and they weren't really tart. They mostly what they were was very sugary. I remember and they, and they them had, being a little tart, little not like a sweet tart though. Yeah, I guess so. They weren't sour, and they had like a chalky texture to them that was so like it crunched really well. Mm-hmm. They are called Smarties in America. In Canada, they're called Rockets. They look identical, mm. except that they're called Rockets because Nestle, at the time that Smarties was expanding into Canada. Nestle already made like an M&M analog called Smarties, which is a candy coated mm. chocolate candy. And there's lots of ads for those kinds of Smarties, for the chocolate Smarties. Um, and these these Smarties are, they are continue to be a Halloween staple. They were created by this uh, guy named Edward D. I think his family still owns the company, or at least they did fairly recently. And he moved here from England to New Jersey in the 1940s. And started this little candy company, and now they make something like they make they have two factories, and they make something like thirty billion of these things a year. What? Basically, just to, for Halloween. But wow. they but they they are a going concern. These little smarty packs, and there's a whole thing on YouTube, and I hesitate to even bring this up. There's a whole thing on YouTube about how to smoke them. Which is like a cigarette? No, yeah, kind or of. Or like on a grill, a smoker. No, no, like a cigarette. Where they there's all these videos of kids like smashing them up in their in their little plastic tube. Okay, yeah. And then inhaling them and blowing out the dust. Oh like, god, to that make sounds it, so bad. It's so bad and dangerous. But yeah, there's like multiple videos on how to smoke Smarties. Oh god, kids, don't do that. Don't Adults, do that. don't do that. Nobody do it. Nobody but do. do that. Do eat, do eat them because they're delicious. I love those. That would have been number one on my I love, list. I love to I eat a them. whole mouthful of those. Oh, just crunch them. Um, and then when you're running low, you savor them. Um, so this replacement candy I have here is nothing like a Smartie. I just want to acknowledge that Smarties should be on this list. Yes. That's they not were on, on my, my list. list. That's the only one we have in common, right? But in bopping around for these things, I did come across a commercial for Bonkers Candy. Now, here's the confession. This is just a fill-in for the candy I wanted. I've never had a Bonkers. Oh, I don't know what good. it tastes like. But I'd forgotten about these commercials that were so great. It was a series of commercials with this sort of like... They're basically like a Starburst. Oh, okay, yeah, but they're they they're in the shape of like a Bubblicious sort of with yes, two different they flavors. Sp- they were more cube-like. Okay, but they're very, you know, emphasis on the fruit flavor, right? And yeah. I don't know if you remember these commercials, Genevieve, but they brought such a flashback to me. Um... It's this like kind of pinched middle-aged woman, right? And in this sort of exaggerated 80s and 90s sort of cinematography. And she's always saying, 
some people aren't ready for bonkers or you'll you'll hear the dialogue it's the same in every commercial and then a, somebody will eat a bonkers candy and a giant piece of fruit will come down from the heavens and crush the person who ate the bonkers and the person who's being crushed just laughs maniacally do you remember <laughs> these at all no i don't they're so funny in the fact that they're like something terrifying is happening, but it's like if it's like if a giant piece of fruit came crashing crashing down on you, but it was like a tickle party and you couldn't control yourself because <laughs> people are so delighted with the amount of fruit flavor that they're getting from these. In this one, she's like standing in a living room somewhere where it looks like it's kind of got like old timey country vibes, sort of, okay. or, or like a prairie vibes or something. It looks like a. Uh, a, a man, maybe like her husband or somebody her age, is maybe giving piano lessons to a little girl. And there's also it's an older man. And yeah, and there's an, also an older rustic. man on a uh, on a couch on a sofa because there's always the first person who eats it gets crushed by a piece of fruit, and then the next person eats it. They're the ones who think it's gum, and then they get crushed by a piece of fruit. I believe the first one is a strawberry in this case, and the second one is a giant orange. Some folks don't believe the super fruitiness of Bonkers fruit candy. They learn soon enough. <laughs> Some folks think bonkers is gum. <laughs> they know it's candy now. With this extra fruity inside, bonkers is so super fruity. Now she eats one. Uh, she sort of steps to the side thinking she's going to outsmart the giant piece of fruit coming to get her, but then the grapes get her anyway. And she eats a grape one, so it's a whole like a cluster of grapes that come down from the ceiling and bonk her on the head. As you said, she tries to sidestep it, but she uh, can't. But still, it's the laughter that gets her. Bonkers. Bonks you out. So you were familiar with Bonkers? Yes. I, lo- I don't remember that commercial specifically, but I did like the candy. And I got... I, I, I think like we had a, we had, like a, my parents went on like an extended trip, like a, I don't know, a second honeymoon or something. And we had like a sitter who stayed with us for like 10 days or whatever it was. And um, she took us to like Walgreens or something at some point and let us pick out a random candy or pick out a candy. And I like, for whatever random reason, was like bonkers. I never had mm-hmm. one, but it was just like, I was just curious and everything felt, you know how that like you're... When when the world seems upside upside down to you as a kid, like you you try you just sort of like everything is up for grabs. So mm-hmm. I just tried a random candy and it was delicious. Did how soon did you recover from the giant fruit that fell? In your head? <laughs> Here's another one. I just want to play this one too. Now that you know the premise, this one she's standing outside the house and I think her old man is on the porch and there's a her son maybe is sitting on the porch steps. My husband is about to eat a new candy. New super fruity bonkers. My son thought bonkers was gum. He knows it's candy now. Chewy fruity candy with this extra fruity inside. So super fruity when you eat bonkers fruit candy. Bonkers. Bonks you out. Some candy. She got hit by the grapes again. You can tell they were really like they did some kind of market research where they're like, is people th- kept thinking it was like because it does Gum. sort of look yeah. like bubbleicious. It looks a lot like bubbleicious. Yeah. They were clearly like, we got to solve for this. It, we they think it's gum problem. Yeah. Um, okay. So now what? You're up. Are we? Is this? We're entering our number th- uh, threes now or number twos? No, we each have two left. Two right? left. Okay. All right. Um. So this is for you mentioned chocolate earlier. Mm-hmm. This is kind of my one chocolate oh no that's not true the next one's also chocolate hershey's miniatures 
the the bag that has the crackle, the Hershey's mm-hmm. regular, the Hershey's with a peanut, uh, or Mr. Goodbar, and then Hershey's special dark. Right. Right. Oh, that's right. Because crackle is basically like Nestle. Crunch, yeah, it's got right? like yeah. a. It's got some kind yeah. of like rice. I'll take either one of crunchy those. Crunchy, yep. crunchy in it. Yep. Um, and I'm sorry that the audio in this commercial is so bad. Oh, just I will just say like in terms of getting those candies, uh, I like those. And often when you would go to a house when they would have the Hershey's minis, you could just like take a handful, mm-hmm. which is always fun. I'm a special dark. I go special dark, uh, Mr. Goodbar. Regular Hershey's Crackle. I go Crackle. There's two more or three more? Three more. There's Crackle. I take that for... I just take Crackle for all four. Because you don't like Mr. Goodbar. You don't like peanuts. Yeah, Mr. Goodbar, you can miss me with that. I take regular chocolate. That's fine. Special dark. That always felt like adult chocolate to me. Like (laughs) We're exactly opposite. Yeah, I guess so. We're practically almost exactly Mm, opposite. Yeah, we make it work. Well, that's why we make it work. We would have had some good trading. You you take two steps forward. I take two steps back. (laughs) Um, Okay. Oh, we haven't heard the commercial for yet. So let me set this up because unfortunately the sound is atrocious. Mm. Um, But you have a bunch of kids, like very young kids. They look like they're four or five. And they are making or they have made a like a backyard tent into like a fake into like a spaceship. Okay. They've like dressed it up like it's a spaceship. And they're the mom or a the mom of one of them or all of them, unclear, is like standing on the porch watching, you know, in in amused, uh like just sort of watching them with enjoyment. Um she asks them if they want a snack or something and then they all just yell something incomprehensible. Mm-hmm. And then she says, I have that, meaning like I have all the different kind, like, I guess these kids all prefer a different, I guess they're like us. Like oh, they that's each why it's a cacophony. A, they all say something different. A different type of chocolate. But it's totally, they might as well have said like they want, you know, Fruit Loops. Like, I mean, you cannot hear what they're saying. So then she walks over and like she holds up the bag and tells you about the the miniatures. And then at the end, they kind of repurpose. Re- repeat the joke where they just yell something cacophonous and then off camera but we get the impression that their fake that their tent that they've made like a spaceship actually takes off oh so i tell you all that because this is all just going to sound like a michigan <laughs> let's go to venus how about the planet dog kids have their own ideas about everything so it's not easy to please them all but i found a way what kind of candy would you like Good, I've got that. Hershey's Miniatures. Lots of individual candy bars for lots of individuals. Four different chocolate tastes all in one bag. Hershey's Miniatures. Now, what kind of candy did you want? Good, I've got that. Wait, just the same joke twice? It's exactly the same joke. Yeah, but that is the joke. So the sound quality isn't terrible. It's just cacophonous because that's what they're all yelling something different. I guess I mean the sound design is terrible. (laughs) Right, okay, gotcha. Um, Yeah, that is a weird... It's a weird one. Just to repeat the same joke. So again, set me up for the same joke again. (laughs) 
Now, the next one on my list would have been, I think I mentioned this earlier on the show, Everlasting Gobstoppers. That's yes. what I wanted to do. I couldn't find a commercial for that. Then I was like, Atomic Fireballs, of course. That's what I want to do. No commercials for Atomic Fireballs. Maybe there's something about these classic candies that they just didn't have to advertise. Like David Sedaris used to say about marijuana. Like, <laughs> you it sells you, itself. It sells itself, you know? <laughs> That's like how Smarties is. There's no ads for that. So I was like, well, what's kind of close? And I was like, oh, Lemon Heads. That's kind of like a fireball or a gobstopper. It's a hard candy. It's a, it's a, what do my Grammys call them a sucking candy? Sucking Let's call them candy. something else, Grams. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I found this Lemon Heads commercial. I thought I'd be able to find like a good one, like from the, well, the YouTube claims that this is from 1988, but I am dubious. Oh, really? This has early 80s, maybe even late 70s vibes. This is so weird. <laughs> I guess it's a high school basketball game. It's very like low budgety. Everybody is like kind of like cheering the team on. And then this kid, kind of a nerdy, skinny kid with glasses, who's on the team is out on the court and he catches the ball for a second, but he doesn't know what to do with it. Like he looks like a fish out of water. He does not want to be playing basketball. And everybody in the, um, arena or I guess a gymnasium is like staring at him expectantly. So this is a montage where like the team is, um, you know, they're, they're, you're seeing quick shots of tennis shoes running around and basketballs going into hoops. Now I'm noticing, you know what? Maybe on the sideline we see this nerdy kid with the glasses. It looks like he's maybe beseeching the coach to let him in. Like put it, put me in coach. So now he's in there. He runs in. He grabs the ball. Somebody passes him the ball. People are going crazy, but now he looks like he doesn't know what to do with the ball. He throws it back to the coach. And that's it. <laughs> he, the coach like does like a, are you kidding me, look to him. And then just a cartoon picture of a lemon just goes over his face like he's a lemon head. Like the classic lemon head logo, which is like yeah. kind of a smiling... So, yeah, the kid throws it back to the coach, shot of the kid, yeah. kid turns into a lemon head, then everybody on the on both teams just stops playing basketball and starts eating lemon heads. What is the branding here? It's so weird. Lemon it, has the candy for people who really overestimate their capabilities. In fact, here's another one. I want to go back and read to you something, um, but now YouTube is recommending another one that looks like it's the same exact campaign, only on a football field. Let's just take a listen to this. I haven't seen lemon this Lemonhead, not the candy for athletes. Oh, the sound on this is totally washed out. Yeah. But again, it's a nerdy kid, a different nerdy kid on the football field. He starts running, but he's running the wrong way. Oh, I see. The so coach yells at him, you're being a lemon oh, head or it's a something. Thing that, it's a thing that your coach tells you. I guess like, oh, you're, you're being, being a lemon, a lemon head. head which we need is... to bring that back or make it happen for the first time. Okay, couple of more things on this. Couple of more things on this. <laughs> this lemon head commercial, the basketball one that I just played for you. Yeah. It is posted online by somebody, I, I can't even read what the username is, it doesn't matter, but it's not cut precisely, so you end up seeing the end of some local butcher shop commercial first, and it says at the top, <laughs> home of the moo and oink. Oh, I just want you to hear boy. this. Nine cents per pound. Ask for those super in-store coupons now and save. Whatever your favorite barbecue, we have it in stock waiting for you. So... 
this sounds like a Midwestern maybe accent on yes. that voiceover. And then we see some guy like the butcher and he's in a grocery store or the butcher shop and he's standing next to him. He's got like some uh, mascot of a pig and a mascot of a cow yeah. standing on like either a side fully, of him. Like a full mascot costume, pig, full mascot costume cow. So anyway, I just wanted to share that with you. Now, in the official description of this YouTube um, video for this uh, for this Lemonheads commercial, this was posted in 2007, but it claims to be from 1988. The poster said, "Hey, keep your eyes on number 52. This is the nerdy kid. I think looks familiar. Could be why it's Eric K. Now I don't know who Eric K is, but then they quote the, these comments from Eric K, who says, "Did you notice the mistake in this commercial? There were two directors. One managed the cast, and the other managed the cameras. Just as the casting director said, let's switch the basketball players and the bench. The camera director said, let's film the bench. So if you look closely, you'll." You'll see that I was both playing basketball and on the bench <laughs> at the same time. The clincher, I was also the only person on the school wrestling team able to convince the directors that I should be in a basketball commercial. So apparently this was just filmed. This is a lot in of some, inside basketball. Some <laughs> this was just like these were actual students, maybe mostly who were in this commercial. Yeah, it sounds like they just went to some middle school and were like, hey, we want to make a Lemonheads commercial. So anyway, and the principal was like I don't know. Can you stock our vending machine? Yeah. <laughs> Eric K. Eric K. I love these comments. I assume Eric K is the main kid, but maybe not. Um, anyway, that was my Lemonheads commercial standing in for Atomic Fireballs, which were standing in for Everlasting Gobstoppers. <laughs> what do you have next? All right. Well, I mentioned the junior. Or I mentioned rather the uh, sugar babies and how I like yeah. to get the little tiny box with a couple of sugar babies yep. in it. Same exact deal for junior mints. Oh, yep. You now that little, I can picture. You get a little yep. square box and About it would three have three of them in three there. Three in there. Um, loved that. Still love a junior mint. Definitely my still my go to movie candy. Um, there are a couple of ads here that I just want to share. Do you dump the junior mints into your popcorn? I think mean, that's uh, awful. No, yeah. no it's, it's, I don't want to tell anyone how to live. It's not for me. Yeah, I'm not telling anybody how to live. I'm saying it's awful to my taste. <laughs> I just it's think separate. it's like it. It. I don't. I can't control my portions the way mm. I want to if it's like mixed in with popcorn. I don't want anything ruining my popcorn. I just want that salt. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so this is one. This is just like a. I probably from. It looks like it's from 1985. It's just a very basic commercial of sort of like. Um, Junior Mints kind of beauty shots of Junior Mints coming out of the box and in like a you know like kind of in a, a jungle setting in a jungle almost? in a tropical setting where they're like the white mints are falling through the air into a river of mm. chocolate and coming out covered and being Junior Mints. You know, it's very like sort of fanciful. Mm-hmm. No people, no dialogue. I just like the jingle. Come with me to a special place, a magic isle full of minty taste, bright sized candy, fresh and creamy. I can see that being a real earworm. Yeah, I and- love the enjoy them and share them. <laughs> and share them. They're very adamant Better about share that. Them. Enjoy them and share them. So there are like vast waterfalls of whatever the, the minty mint. white yeah. stuff is. So And then there's something jumping into that and then 
the whole thing is jumping into chocolate. But what was the thing that was jumping into the? I know because I've eaten a lot of Junior Mints. So there's there's nothing, nothing in the. There's no. Yeah, right. There's no pearl. There's no like grit of sand in that pearl. But it's like the. I guess it's like the the origin story of anything. I guess like so. what was you know like what was around before God, Genevieve? Yeah, like could God make a Junior Mint so big that he couldn't eat it? That it would burn his mouth. <laughs> Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, okay. So I had a couple more Junior Mint ads here that I wanted okay. to share. Um, this one, there, Junior Mint did kind of a, a campaign. That, there are a few of these where they kind of like uh, put Junior Mints, uh, they put like Junior Mints in a, in a number of different scenarios where like uh, there's one where like somebody keeps getting junior mints and like someone else takes them and they're like oh gee someone took my junior mints somebody actually drops one into an operating right. room that does as soon as you as soon as you google <laughs> junior mints you do get that seinfeld scene coming up a lot this one is like what's in a junior mint besides its great taste and then it's like oh. all the fun things that are inherently part of the junior mint what's in a box of junior mints besides light creamy mints bathed in real chocolate well there's excitement you have somebody in a go-kart you have a for some reason a child boxing contentment a woman eating them in a pool and a good investment junior mints a whole box of enjoyments by nabisco Maybe we could use you in uh, management. Maybe. So at the end there, we have like a classic uh, sort of like gray-haired, mustachioed CEO and his like bow-tie-wearing, uh, more junior employee, and he offers the CEO uh, junior mints, and this says it's a good investment. And then um, he kind of like he sort of like mealy mouth says like you could you use me in management and then but it seems like the boss wasn't thinking that so it raises the question what was the boss yeah. going to say there maybe you should stop interrupting and you would get a fucking promotion yeah don't don't interrupt and also i don't think that like you know the capitalism doesn't work as well as it does which is great by the way uh, by promoting people because they gave the boss candy. But but he was going to say something. Like, I mean, let's go. Yeah. Maybe we could use you in management. Maybe. We could use you in. Maybe he was just going to move departments. Departments and now he just or, wants to be or maybe like the cafeteria. The cafetorium. The cafetorium. Okay, what's this last Junior Mints commercial? Okay, this one is just absolutely bonkers um but it's not for bonkers it's hmm. a candy this is a cartoon um and it's i'm sorry i think the sound quality is not great on this but the the style of the animation is like sort of a little hanna barbera very sort of 660s ish quality of the of the animation you have an old grandpa sending his little uh or maybe not Hanna Barbera, but like uh, Rocky, Rocky and Bullwinkle, a little bit style of animation. Yeah, but this isn't from that era. This is a modern artist who's making it look like that. This is a spec commercial. This was not something. Oh that no, aired. it is. Yeah, I oh, could tell I got, right away that there got, was something off about this, I, and it's even described as a spec commercial shoot. by somebody named John. McDonald. Well, that explains why the ending is so weird. Okay. Let's just skip it. I hate getting pulled in by spec okay. commercials. Okay. All right. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I, I know. got fooled. Spec commercial. Okay. Um. So here is the last one. I guess I will take the um. I'll I'll, I'll do the final number one here. It should have been Pixie Sticks. 
I used to love getting pixie sticks. That's a good Halloween candy. It's such a good Halloween candy. Again, yeah. it's like you're if you have if you had the list as I intended it, you have a little bit of chocolate in there, you got gum in there, you have um Smarties in there and the little packaging, you have uh everlasting gobstoppers and then pixie sticks. Like those are all fun in their own way. Yeah. It's an right? activity can't find any pixie sticks commercials from ever (laughs) so i was like it it was getting near showtime i was like well what what candy do i like basically and i was like you know what people don't talk about enough reese's damn pieces yeah ever since et everybody talks about the reese's peanut butter cups i feel like that's all that's advertised but they're infinitely superior the cups are to the pieces yeah they're no, that's not true. Are you kidding me? They're different things. I mean, and one of them is better. It's like saying turkey is infinitely better than stuffing. They're just different things. You need them no, both. No, that's not true. It's like saying, um, you know, turkey is better than chicken spam. Oh, like one is way better, but they technically like they don't fit. They're not like. No, because you eat, them in diff- you eat them in different things. I mean, if you're going to eat a Reese's peanut butter cup, obviously you need a napkin, if not a fork and a knife. <laughs> <laughs> um, because it's going to melt on your fingers a little bit or whatever. Whereas pieces, you know, just like you can just pop them in there. When's the last time you had a bag of Reese's pieces? They're so good and they're so undervalued in our society. Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm an undervaluer. I don't uh, care for them. And I mean, also, you know, I, I'm like not saying I, I've never, I wouldn't mm. eat one if I saw a bowl sitting open, you know, sitting oh, out. But love like, Reese's I would pieces. never pick them up off a shelf. I bet you I haven't had Reese's pieces em. since I was a child I haven't had them and I think they came in three different colors right like orange and a dark brown and a light brown I will something say so satisfying the coloring about that. the uh. color scheme so tight and wasn't it wasn't it true that like Reese's pieces were in the E.T. movie because M&M's, M&M's turned them down yeah they were like no it? we don't want the association right um, and that's why Everybody's talking about Reese's Pieces these days, day, and nobody's yeah. talking about M and M's. That's why M and M's went out of business. Uh, <laughs> that's why M and M's went out of business. Anyway, um, when you type in Reese's Pieces uh, commercial, the the first one that pops up is this commercial from 1983, which I feel like I sort of remember, or at least I've stumbled on, like on YouTube before, and it is so clearly inspired by ET. I didn't realize that E.T. came out in 1982. So I thought for sure E.T. was like 85 or something. Oh, no. But I looked up it's and say, very early. It's 82. It's practically the 70s. So that was probably like a like probably a, a holiday era release, I'm guessing, maybe. Maybe it was a summer blockbuster. But you had E.T. in 1982. And then, of course, that puts Reese's Pieces. It was a summer blockbuster, June 11th. Yeah. Okay, there you go. And now here it is, 1983, and Reese's Pieces needs to make a commercial. So you see a small shop. Like, it's kind of looks like a small rural kind of shop, right? Like a little general store. A little general store store and an alien a purple alien wearing a tiny little like kind of gold breastplate breastplate walks in a very cute alien but very very fake looking yes nothing like i mean it doesn't really invoke et it's much more like it's bigger and it's got a more it's got like a more cartoonish like face yeah and it's it's sillier looking and so this thing this alien walks into the shop and then says something to the shop owner um, and then at the end you'll hear the shop owner's wife come in when you make a great tasting candy word gets around you want Reese's Pieces do you Ah, Reese's Pieces oh 
Mm. Who in the world was that? I don't know. Oh, Kinda looked like your cousin Willie. Reese's Pieces with the great peanut butter taste that's out of this world. I kind of like the way... It's like Mac and Me had a baby with murder, she wrote. Mac and Me. Looks more like that. Yes, exactly. I like the fact that he says, do ya? That's something that I want to say more of. Main. Like, let's say that I'm um, checking levels with Luke or something for TBTL. Yeah. And and he's like, hey, could you turn that up a little bit? I could say, you want more level, do ya? Do ya? It's, yeah, it's very Maine. Yeah, very, yeah, very Maine. New Englandy. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm sorry that we're ending this on you um, not giving Reese's pieces the respect that they're due. I can't believe you're coming so strong against them. They're such a good candy, and now I just want to eat you've some. Just know, you've known and me protect for, them you've and known love me for them. over 20 years, and have you ever seen me? buy a pack of Reese's Pieces. I assume that you're eating them in secret because you know that I would want some. <laughs> you know how sometimes you buy a thing of like Jelly Bellies or you buy like oh, a that thing. Oh, I do. Yeah, that you then buy, you like, eat them all. And then yeah. you, bring, you bring them home and then like. And I eat one or two because I want to save them for leave a week them, or two. Like, yeah, and you leave them in eye shot of me and mm. then they're gone. Mm-hmm. You want to avoid that problem. Reese's Pieces. I might, I might eat one or two. Such bullshit. I leave. I, I guarantee you, if I leave a little jar the size of those gummy bears I left in front of you the other day, you would eat every last Reese's Pieces during Under your TV watching. Under certain circumstances. The circumstances being, it's a day that ends in Y, and you're watching TV. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some of the things I found on my videotapes in the segment that I guess we call BT Dubs and Vives HS. Um, I got a couple of commercials that I uploaded to our YouTube channel in the past uh, week or so, and both of them illustrate a, a point that a big part of 90s advertising, I feel like, was that things were too intense. You know, like the 90s did this thing where it's like, People were leaning into fisheye lenses yes. and like being like you lot hear of like this... like crazy sort of like Dutch angles and and zooms yeah. and, and swinging camera movements and like can you handle the intensity and yeah. so this commercial is I think you might I think Genevieve you might no maybe not postmodern but this is a commercial for Toyota Tercel it's so visual it's going to be so hard to describe this to the listeners but that's okay we don't do this for you. Um, <laughs> But if you haven't gotten it by now, this is mostly a thing where we watch commercials and react to them and you're kind of on your own. Yeah. Um, Go to the Facebook page. Um, (laughs) So this one begins with some like, I guess he's supposed to represent sort of like a used car salesman guy. He's got sort of like two Vanna White looking ladies behind him. And and like long lame, uh, gold lame sort of, you know formal gowns and he sort of looks like um a a character from a terry gilliam film sort of he's leaning into this sort of fisheye camera too many teeth and he's saying blah 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 and then when suddenly we realize oh this is a commercial within a commercial this is actually a young man genevieve who is sitting in i guess what would have been my ideal um rumpus room in the (laughs) 90s which is this guy how would you even describe this he's in some sort of a 
oversized chair that also has like kind of a desk built into it. Again, very Terry Gilliam-y, and he is surrounded by televisions. This yeah. is sort of the zoo TV era, right? Right. And I had friends in college who lived in a place, they were all in bands, and they were artists, and they lived in a place called the Stowe House, and like they would have like 50 TVs hooked up to the same VCR, Whoa. so you'd go in for a party, and like all the TV, or like half the TVs would be playing one thing, and half How of them would be- Yeah, and so like that's this guy's situation. He's in this easy chair desk situation talking directly to us, but then things like he's surrounded by these tube televisions, but then you'll hear a million different music changes. At one point, there's a giant remote control that the guy jumps on, but it's, again, all within this kind of circle of technology, and the point is, I guess, (laughs) that this young man doesn't like these car commercials anymore because they're only just saying blah 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 he just wants somebody to cut through and leave the marketing behind and just just tell me what car to buy this is what i hate about car advertising i want a car that doesn't need hype what with a little elbow room and safety there's absolutely dear listener you're wondering oh why is there a sitar all of a sudden? Is there a reason why we're bringing in that music to indicate something? No. No. One thing I notice here is, you know what, Genevieve? It looks like, are we in somebody's brain? Because look, the camera goes into somebody's ear. Okay, yeah, I think that's we're what it is. All right. Okay, here's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> here's what it is. This somebody is watching TV and they see this this slick car guy saying blah 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 and then we go inside that viewer's brain and inside that viewer's head it's like all these TVs right. and ideas and, a, and a, it's surrealistic and there's a giant remote control and okay it's like very stream of consciousness this is what I hate about car advertising I want a car that doesn't need height. One with a little elbow room. And safety. Show me standard dual airbags. Any luck brakes! Give me a powerful, efficient engine. I can figure out it's smart if you tell me it's well-made and it's gonna last. Tell me a car like this exists. Please. The 1996 Toyota Tercel. Ah, somebody was listening. The Tercel was a... It was a reliable machine it, I had a Tercel I loved I my Tercel, Tercel. I, I had one I had a 92 Tercel that I bought in what probably 2006 yeah. for $200 I drove my Tercel into a brick wall I think I gave mine away because well. I bought it for 200 bucks off of a uh, off of a, a colleague and he showed me how to drive stick it was like a little go-kart I remember that car and yeah. you crashed yours in high school I crashed mine in high school into a brick wall yep you weren't supposed to be out you snuck out I was not I wasn't it wasn't that I snuck out. It was that I lied about, like, I said that I had gotten a ride there so that I wouldn't have to leave early. And I was, like, at the mercy of the person who's, I said, oh, I left my car at someone else's house and I'm I'm here. I can't leave until they leave. And I just figured, like, well, I'll just drive home when I'm ready to drive home. But I, you know, so, but then it was very hard to maintain that lie when I, subsequently crashed that car into a wall and destroyed it was it wasn't it was like one of those little like um, a little neighborhood like sign yeah that you know like a little westbrook or whatever welcome to hill valley or wherever sure yeah wherever the mcflies live and you crumbled it i crumbled it up and didn't you have to like rebuild it or something i had to like go and do a day of like putting bricks in a wheelbarrow to like show and make a show of good faith that i was but there were actually adults there who were doing the real work or something i mean i wasn't 
I didn't know how to do masonry. I was 16 right. years old. But I mean, it was a work day. Like people were there rebuilding the wall and you were no, there I like I, handing them I bricks. Think I, no, I think I just like went on like a Saturday. It was so that I could like, honestly, I had to go to court and I, so I could yeah. tell the judge like, uh, did some manual labor to sort this out. My, my Oh, so you had done that, but it wasn't part of the. No, it, it wasn't like punishment. Oh. It was like a, it was like a PR move basically. Oh, interesting. Did it work? My poor parent. Uh, well, the judge you know, let me off with a warning. My parent, my poor parents had to pay for the replacement of the wall. <laughs> oh my God. If your mom's <sighs> listening right now, I think you should make Genevieve pay you back. I probably should pay my parents back for that. So that was a commercial for the Toyota Tercel. And it was just sort of like these, everything's overwhelming and swimming around me. And I just want a straightforward car like the Tercel. Well, this Honda Accord is sort of playing into the same thing. It's not Zoo TV. There's not a bunch of t television in, in this one. But you're in a coffee shop. And this is 1996. So this is sort of the early days of Starbucks being, I think, a nationally recognized brand. Or I was just late to it because you don't see you're in a coffee shop and the logos are just like Starbucks-esque sort of yes. but they're not literally this is I not watched, a Starbucks tie-in so tie I watched this earlier and I was like yeah. oh am I watching a Starbucks commercial and then I took a closer look at the logo yeah and I realized like no it's just meant to put me in that mindset and so you see a woman maybe like a young to uh, like a young middle-aged woman maybe goes in there like on the younger side of middle age goes in and is trying to order a coffee at the Starbucks alike and the barista says do you want caffeinated or decaffeinated I think that's what the question yes, is that's it's the not only a question. Tough question but then it's like everybody then like the woman looks freaked out by this yeah, question she can't make a it's decision it's 1996 she cannot make a decision between caffeinated or not and she starts imagining like oh if I get caffeinated coffee and then she matches herself like having a lot of energy and then if she gets decaf she matches herself being very zen and then again like and then it's like the, the barista who's a, a young blonde woman we sort of get her like kind of leaning in yeah. and again kind of warped edges fisheye sort of look and this woman is getting more and more freaked out about what kind of coffee she not even what kind of coffee she wants just whether or not she wants caffeine or not did you want regular or decaf hello regular or decaf regular and again, we have they, like they both use the sitar. To, yes, to a indicate, sitar to indicate intercom. And this is like that candy commercial that's using like a bunch of like weird stock footage, old black and white cartoons with yeah. flashes of color, and just like anything that's sort weird of how these are so similar. Like it's like yeah. it's in your brain. It's like they want to get into your inner headspace. They're two cars. One Honda, one Toyota from but the same year, a similar but like this, like niche. getting inside of yeah. your head about things just being intense. Black and white oh, footage of people hooked up to machines. Regular. Well, at least you know how to keep it from spilling. The powerful Accord V6 from Honda. Possibly the world's at, easiest decision. At the end, you just see somebody, I guess the woman's hand, putting her Starbucks cup in the in the coaster, in the cup holder in the car, and the car drives away. I actually find that commercial very sexist. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, like, I really feel like car companies over-indexed on the idea that women care 
like that the things that women care about in cars are like are there cup holders oh interesting um and does to a v8 engine it literally doesn't it says the powerful honda accord it doesn't tell you one other damn thing about that car except that it has cup holders yeah and i feel like it is very telling that a woman is the person driving it now i didn't realize this but uh listener max who i believe max yeah i think this is max who i, I know is also an actor himself this is a i believe i've mentioned this to you before on the show max has uh appeared in or continues to appear in i believe the procedural fbi you know that show CBS I think yeah I've FBI. heard of it anyway maybe Max you know I think Max was maybe just on once anyway but Max is an actor in New York and he says uh, he left a comment he says I believe that's Jenna Elfman in the commercial just a year away from becoming a household name on Dharma and Greg and I rewatched it I'm like yes it that sure is. is in fact when you type in to YouTube and I need to update mine if you type in Jenna Elfman Honda commercial I'm not the first person to upload this. Now, I actually want to update my description, too, because that's good SEO. Maybe yes. we have some other Elfman heads out there. <laughs> um, Danny looking out, Max. Or otherwise. But, yeah, I always really liked um, Jenna Elfman. I, I didn't watch a lot of Darm and Greg, but you would understand, especially knowing what I find attractive, why that, like, sort of... She was kind of a manic pixie... I was going to say kind of. Yeah, about, I mean, exactly. almost like an early yeah. kind of... Dharma and Greg was absolutely the manic pixie dream girl Yeah, uh, as a TV series. Anyway, great eyes, Max. Sorry I didn't notice that myself. Everybody's talking at me I don't hear words they're saying Only the echoes of my mind. All right, what do we have for ad council? I think we just have one, but it's good. We've been People talking stop. forever. We've been talking Genevieve. forever. This one. Uh, oh my God, this is a long it's show. It's a long one. I'll, we'll try to go through this quickly. This is, no, no, take your time. This is from my friend Julia. I'm not even sure that she's a listener, but we uh, were. Your friend Julia, not our, our friend, friend Julia, Julia oh. I should say. Um, but I mentioned to her that I did this show and then uh, subsequently got from her uh, a text with this link to a commercial for a Japanese drink and I wish I could be more specific but I literally don't know if this is a soda pop a beer a liquor a muscle milk a muscle milk it could be anything because it's totally there's no English in it and there's nothing English written on it to indicate what kind of drink it is too now I know we've done commercial we've done shows about the you know sort of weirdness and and just like you know wildness of of foreign ads generally japanese mm -hmm. ads specifically what what caught julia's attention about this was that this is made from i don't know way probably back way back in the 80s is that arnold schwarzenegger appears in mm -hmm. it and it is a very bonkers japanese ad so you have a, a very beautiful woman um kind of sort of wrapped in a the the wrapping of, of what would be this drink this bottled drink she like pulls down this wrapping and she's wearing like a slinky dress underneath it i have to tell you all this because there's just there's nothing that's going to like mm -hmm. help you audio audio wise then the her head becomes a bottle cap like the bottle it unscrews and then arnold schwarzenegger's maniacal gl grinning face pops out of her head and then they like yell something together and that's basically the ad interesting here let's take a listen Ooh la la. Ooh la la indeed. She's very sexy. Okay, now here comes the bottle cap. Out of her own head. 
Lance Arnold. This is like a Simpsons parody. It really is. Yeah. It is exactly like that Simpsons parody where, where Homer, uh, like, you know, his face looks like a like a Japanese product. Anyway. Soap, right? I think dish soap. I mean, yeah, I think it's yeah. dish soap. You're right. Um, so I what I thought of it was, was charming about this was that, you know, it's... We've seen celebrities, everybody, you know, from Nick Cage to Nick Cage doing like crazy foreign ads, <laughs> right? Um, but in this Reddit post about this, somebody named uh, with the username SpeedyCat2014 asked at Governor Schwarzenegger, can you share with us what your process was to prepare for cinematic greatness like this? Oh, this must have been an AMA, huh? It actually wasn't. I think that like it just caught. I mean, I think Schwarzenegger Arnold's just like one of those people who kind of like sometimes weighs in right on reddit on reddit and you know it was like he was at it he was tagged so he he saw it and he wrote back and i mean it was a his verified account that wrote back and i thought this was kind of interesting he said first back then stars never ever did commercials in the u.s because people looked down on it that has obviously changed now and i love doing super bowl commercials but then everyone did overseas commercials thinking we could make money without our u.s audience seeing it obviously youtube changed that which cracks me up can you? There's one more graph here. Can you read it in his voice? I, no, I'm not going to do an Arnold like that. It's going to not make anyone happy. And then he says, second, I love filming these. You have to understand, my personality is over the top. I got to show off a little of that in my movies, but in these commercials, I got to live by my motto: too much is not enough. <laughs> the closest thing I've ever had to that in movies was probably Killing Gunther, which almost no one saw. Or Junior. <laughs> junior. Which I, which I love. Well, he, he, he's a pregnant man. Yeah, right. Okay. So these were a fantastic time for me. And that, of course, made me... And I thought that was actually like... Look, I know Arnold is problematic probably in some ways. But I think he's done some things that are sort of redemptive, uh, you know, as a as a person, as a politician, whatever. Um, and I, I just liked the kind of, like, candor of this, mm -hmm. you know? Um I was also curious about what Killing Gunther is. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Since no one's ever heard of it, as he acknowledges, no one's ever seen. And what I found was Killing Gunther is a 2017 American mockumentary action comedy film. A Mo mockumentary action, action comedy, comedy film. film. Okay. It was written and directed by Taron Killam, which is a someone you might recognize. He was on SNL for a while. Um, he's definitely like popped up in like sitcoms and things that I've seen. Okay. He's kind of a recognizable face. I wouldn't have been able to put a name to the face, but I mm -hmm. definitely have seen him. Uh, it was his directorial debut, and I would assume uh, also his final directorial <laughs> uh, effort. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger stars as the titular Gunther alongside Killam, Kobe Smulders, who is Killam's wife, and Bobby yeah. Moynihan. Colby Smolders, don't tell me that was your. I the reason I know this is bananas, but that's Stumptown, right? It is Stumptown. There's a TV show I called love Stumptown. That, I love that she picked Stumptown when she's obviously I, way better known for either How I Met Your Mother uh, yeah. or um, uh, the Avengers movies. Who is she in the Avengers movies? She's some agent of oh. Shield. I don't. Um, yeah, I don't. I never watch How I Met Your Mother. All I know is you watched a TV show called Stumptown, and I, <laughs> I never, weirdly got into Stumptown. And I never watched it, but I would walk in on it, and it always was like, I was always amazed that when I'd walk in a room, somebody was somehow 
naturally referring to Portland as Stumptown, something that I've <laughs> never heard anybody do in real life before. Like, I feel like every time I walked in the room, there'd be somebody on stage being like, nobody rocks like Stumptown. I'm like, what? How are you guys making, how are you guys making this a thing? Um, but yeah, I only, and, and then you'd always say, oh, I really like this person, Colby Smolders. Is it Kobe or Colby? I believe it's Kobe Smolders. Kobe Smolders. But anyway, yeah, so I know nothing about Smolders. I know nothing about Stumptown other than I will... I guess forever connect those two things. No, I'm she. I'm sure. Thanks you. I'm yeah. sure that show has been canceled by now. Probably was it a procedural? Was it a crime thing? Yeah, it was a crime thing. It was like um, it was like a yeah. She was like trying to get her. She was like one of those like burnout, you know, troubled heroines who trying to get her shit together by becoming a PI, and she like, you know, it had a little bit of like crime of the week meshed meshed with you know her life story of getting her shit together. Genevieve. Yes. Tell me the story of Stumptown. <laughs> you can sell anything. You can sell anything. If you don't know why we were laughing there, um, I mentioned on the show a couple of times that our original idea or something that I wanted to do with you, Genevieve, was to start a podcast where you just tell me about movies I haven't seen, but you watched at some point right. in your life, but you weren't preparing for the conversations by rewatching it or anything. Just like from the top of your head, can you explain the plots of movies to me? Something that we do in our real life all the time, and yeah. I find it absolutely delightful. Well, we are going to record a show where we do that. We're going to leave commercials aside for a little bit and just record a show, put it in the can, and save it for an emergency day and um, maybe when we can't do a regular after these messages um, and so people have already been writing in about what movies they want yeah, and I'm not looking at these you know just put in the subject line movies for Andrew's eyes only or something like that and I will collect a few of them and then we'll just sit down behind these microphones and I will just throw some at you and you have a few minutes yeah. to tell me the plot of various and you movies. can ask questions can we do TV shows too I'd prefer if we just sort of, if we put a little bit of a box around this. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I would prefer that we just pick a movie. Like you couldn't do Lost. I actually never even finished Lost, so really? that would be very hard for I me. I heard it's a really good ending. Yeah. Didn't we make that same joke last week? Anyway, um, you can do that by emailing us after these messages show at gmail.com. You can also call our voicemail line to weigh in on anything or sing us your favorite jingle or least favorite jingle. Six. If someone wanted to get on that Junior Mints jingle, I wouldn't be mad. Oh, yeah. Sing it away, the Junior Mints jingle. I, at some point in the past five minutes, I've lost all control of my mouth. We yeah. need to end this thing. Okay, I'll take over here. Six oh seven. You do one. You do one number. I'll do the next. Yeah. Six oh seven four 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 five five nine seven. That's six oh seven four 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 five five. Nine, seven. You can visit us on the Facebook group. You can visit us on the YouTube page. And clearly we are yes. reading your comments. So go to the YouTube page. It is After These Messages podcast. You'll find it right away. And we will uh, talk to you next week.